Better watch out. Better oh. watch out. What? Chips, chips, mm, chips. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Try to catch as many in your mouth as save you can. The chips. Save, 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 save the, the oh, chips. No, the, save the, the chips. Save the chips. Lucky those chopsticks didn't go in the eye. <laughs> yes. Bruce is just like, my eye. <laughs> Do we hit a spaceship? Yeah. Sakaar and Class hey. A courier craft. Oh. Probably trying to deliver a message. I got to get to the bottom. What kind of message? No, kind of right. Grandmaster was like, I left all my like, shit back on Sakaar, <laughs> and they say I have to get a box and clear it out, and they got to bring it back to Earth. Also, I got Real a son, annoying. probably. I don't want to look into his eyes. He reminds me of the color of her hair. Jesus Christ, boss. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. She-Hulk episode one introduces us to Bruce Banner's cousin, Jennifer Walters, who takes on Bruce's blood after a car accident. <laughs> An accident caused by a freaking ship from Sakaar. Sakaar crash. It's a car crash. It's a car crash. <laughs> Who's in the ship? What message are they delivering? What do we? What do they want with their boy Bruce Banner? And did Hulk leave behind a baby boy on Sakar back in Thor Ragnarok? Holy she! Holy Hulk. she Hulk! Holy she Hulk! <laughs> <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's official She Hulk after show. I am Eric Voss. With me right now is MT and Jessica Clemens. Welcome to you both. Hi. Dude, I'm so excited to finally have this episode. Like, this episode was so good. Like, it's so funny. Very, like, Deadpool vibes. I love breaking the fourth wall. Ooh, uh -huh. I love this show. My first impression of the show is that the tone is so fun. They did such a good job, like, uh, uh, with the humor, with the meta breaking of the fourth wall. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is so funny in this show. So like, she's funny. really capturing the essence and the spirit of everything that I would have wanted from uh, from Jennifer Walters, especially with her relationship with her cousin Bruce. They have such this great chemistry, this kind of love-hate relationship, and I love that they aren't afraid to make her unlikable sometimes. That she's just kind of like, she's a bit arrogant, as uh, as some lawyers tend to be, but you still are rooting for her. And like, she's just doing it, like how pissed off she is that her life as a lawyer has gone awry. The arrogant yeah. moments come in the moments of him being like, sometimes Natasha sings me a lullaby. And she's like, why is this woman, grown woman, <laughs> singing you a lullaby? That's where I'm like, I thank you. Thank you for those justification moments of like, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> He's like, I'm sensing judgment. Can we not talk yeah. about this? Thank you. She was also the love of my life. Like, if he said that, then we'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. This is like one of the first times, I think, in the MCU that we've really fully questioned the logic of how hulking out goes down uh like i like how he's like i don't really have a good explanation for it like yes thank you it, it's like the in the 2012 hulk film how he's like spitting out he's like i spit out a bullet so within this the fraction of the time that when you tried to shoot yourself in the mouth that you'd be able to spit out a bullet on the other end of it that's how fast the transition takes place uh, does the the inner lining of your of the tissue inside your cranium hulk out before the skin does it doesn't make sense, and I'm glad that this show is actually finally having fun with it. I'm all about it. I'm all about the Hulk science. All right, let's break down what happens in this episode. It opens with uh, Jennifer Walters, deputy DA, practicing her closing argument in a speech that, I love this, it thematically mirrors the Spider-Man with great power speech. She says, those with the most power have the most to answer for, which just feels like a Hulk version of, uh, of the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. And I love the way that they're doing the fourth wall breaking to tell the audience that she already has Hulk powers, but you know, we you figured that you want to know. And she has this great moment where she like 
cuts away from her paralegal to go back into her room. So there's like within the universe, she has to like find a moment away from the other people in her life. It's just interesting. Like Deadpool doesn't bother with that. Deadpool's just like, he's with Dopinder in the cab in the taxi cab. And he's just like, by the way, you know, she doesn't, she has to like find these moments to sneak away from people as if they can hear her, which I think is very, very interesting on this show. I love that. I think it follows. I like that Deadpool does do it, but I think the writers of the show were like, let's lean more flea bag. Let's lean more yes. like this is a mm. woman led show before it's a like, a superhero led show, if that makes sense. And I think that's fascinating. I think by the time uh, folks are watching this on the channel, a video that I made yesterday will have already come out that kind of digs into why they're doing it this way. And I, I think there's some very specific reasons why they're doing it differently on this show. But we flash back to when Jen got her powers, when she and her cousin Bruce were on this road trip. And uh, Bruce shows that the wrist device that we saw in the Shang-Chi post-credit scene is an inhibitor that he invented to keep himself in human form while his arm heals. And Bruce mentions, interestingly, another genius in the family named Ched. We'll talk about him a little later this episode. But Jen debates whether Steve Rogers was a virgin or not. And uh, then a Sakaran ship causes them to veer off the road. Bruce bleeds into an open wound on Jen's arm and Jen hulks out and blacks out. Now, uh, we learned from an interview with uh, various interviews with Jessica Gao and Kat Coiro that um, originally this origin story was going to be in episode eight of the series, but they figured when they were like in post-production that they needed to restructure it because a lot of fans might feel like we need this origin story and it would have been hard for a lot of viewers to watch this without knowing really how this all started. So that's why you may notice on a lot of these flashback sequences, the VFX are uh, are unfinished or they found clever ways to cut around it so you don't actually see much of She-Hulk's tra initial transformations occurring on screen because they just really ran out of time when they decided to restructure it that way. I would have questions. Why would you put that in episode eight? Why not just decide? Of to a nine episode, episode, episode series? Stage, yeah, yeah. And a nine episode series, I'd be, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'd be a little irritated too. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I especially think, if it's yeah. this completely new Hulk that like you have no idea, like a lot of people have no idea where she came from. So it's like uh, they need that origin like pretty early on. Right, right. Especially the way the origin unfolds. It's not like a monumentous thing. It's just kind of like his inhibitor uh, thing glitches out. And that happens to be the moment he's bleeding into her open wound and that they're cousins. So that causes her to process gamma radiation the way he does. Yeah, it's not like a big surprise, like thematic shift. It's just kind of like a pretty straightforward explanation. So yeah, I think it's smart that they put this in episode one, but it does deprive us of the spectacle of enjoying how cool She-Hulk looks when she is in her Hulk form. Um, they, they have to kind of cut around it. Ultimately, I think they pulled it off. I, I do think they stuck the landing at the end of the day. I was not bothered at all by the VFX in this. Um, you know, your mileage may vary. I, I'm just the type of person who watches this stuff that like it's all fantasy you know it's yeah all... i'm just trying to have fun really yeah. <laughs> we get this moment where it almost feels like a terminator movie a little bit she wanders into this bar where uh instead of like immediately roughing up the bar there's just this wonderful group of women in the bathroom who help clean her up right oh i love them this is so women beautiful. helping women this yes. show right. is we great. love to see it we love to uh, see it and it's so uh, i'm so glad they chose that moment because i have been drunk in many of bars and sometimes the women in the restroom are really mean to me but no there's more often than not it's always a group of women that are so helpful and supportive and just want to make a tiktok with you so i love <laughs> that we got this group of women drunk, drunk lady let's make a tiktok together <laughs> i'm doing the dance like i don't know 
<laughs> so she goes outside and some dudes are bothering her. What? I'm just trying to be nice, whatever. And uh, this is a moment I was talking about. It was such a brief two-second Hulk out, really. Uh, and before we even know what goes on, like I had to re-watch this a few times to realize what exactly had happened. Hulk tackles her in that moment. But it's all such a green blur. Um, but again, I in a video that's going to come out on Friday, I'm going to go through like the... the I'm going to just try to assess the VFX to see like some moments where they try to do some practical stuff. Um, but uh, just so everyone knows, Jess is going to be doing the Easter egg breakdown. That should be coming out later today on the channel. So all the Easter egg uh, analysis that Jess is going to be handling that for us for the season She-Hulk. So keep your eye out, keep your eyes out for that. I think she's going to be amazing. Job. It's fun. I found a lot of weird things, and I go in a <laughs> lot of details. So uh, Bruce relocates her to his beach lab in Mexico. This is built by Tony Stark. This is apparently where Bruce spent the blip. This is a gamma lab where he integrated his mind with Hulk's body. And Bruce explains that he and Jen share a rare set of genetic factors that allow them to synthesize gamma radiation to becoming Hulks. He incinerates her blood samples to prevent them from getting out. Bruce experiments on Jen trying to trigger her to Hulk out, but uh, she uh, she does and she angrily smashes uh, all these razors. And then Bruce realizes that Jen, interestingly, does not have an alter ego when she is in Hulk form. Unlike him, he has another identity that he has to wrestle with. She doesn't, it's just all her all the time which I think is very interesting. Uh, we should absolutely talk about that. Jen allows Bruce to train her, and there's a really fun Easter egg here. The uh, shirt that Bruce wears has this indigenous uh, symbol on it. It's a Thunderbird design, and this is actually a shirt that Mark Ruffalo himself has in real life. Uh, and Ruffalo is an outspoken advocate for indigenous persons' rights, and notably he stands with the people of Standing Rock. Um, I, I wanted to point this out here because I did uh, like circle that in a thumbnail for our trailer breakdown, and uh, I did not know the actual story behind it, despite that. So I just wanted to correct that here. I just think it's a really cool Easter egg when they can bring in stuff from the actor's actual real life and, and stuff they care about and, and bring it in the show. So the two of them train, they throw boulders, they leap, they stomp, they practice balancing. Uh, Hulk gets jealous and pushes her off a cliff. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> we find out that Hulks can metabolize alcohol faster. But Jen gets impatient, tries to leave. This leads to a brawl between the cousins, uh, both in Hulk form. We get some amazing thunderclapping action. That's exciting, yes. right? How'd you guys feel seeing the thunderclap come back? It felt good on the inside, <laughs> Eric. It felt good on the inside. I loved it. I even make a joke in the breakdown where I'm like, even though she hulks feels like a thunder applause because she's just that's right going <laughs> off and I love it. I love that, it. That'll I be just, me when uh when, when oh, I no, see a going. leapfrog. I'm gonna be like yes. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I'm not good. giving I'm not giving you the time of day for this. But what I did like is the fact that what took us so long to see him do it, she does it in like what 0.5 seconds from the time he does it. So I'm like it's just th furthering that like she hulk genuinely takes these things much quicker and easier than Hulk does. And I just love it. I just love it that they gave it to her immediately. Yeah, it's. I feel like the, the lack of resistance is a huge factor there because, like, Bruce had to fight with Hulk and, like, he doesn't really have a lot of his own mental self when Hulk is being Hulk a lot of the time. So, like, yeah. man, she's just like, yeah, I can do this. It's easy. Like, yeah. this is super easy. What do you mean? I'm like, hey, what do you, mean? you get it, girl. She's just like, what do you mean? I can do this in my sleep. I can do this all the time. <laughs> and I love her for it. I love her for it. 
So at the end of this fight, the bar that Bruce and Tony had built together gets wrecked. So the two cousins rebuild it together uh, and they peacefully part ways. And then we're back to the present day, the day of the trial. And Jen is up against the firm of GLK and H, her future employer that we know from trailer footage. Uh, Titania smashes into the courtroom, uh, who seems to be a, a major antagonist of the series, though it sounds like from interviews, we may not really get to know her a whole lot until later in the season. Um, Jen decides to Hulk out, gives Titania the business before returning to her club. Closing argument. And then we get this post-credit scene showing Jen drinking with Hulk in human form. And Hulk finally confesses that Cap lost his virginity in 1943 to a woman on the USO tour. Uh, and Jen declares before we get to credits, Cap Fox! Hey. Like, I love it. I love the Spider-Man cut to black before we, we get the full F-bomb. We're going to dig into all these moments a bit deeper. Let's start with this Sakaran ship. Okay, first question. Who was in the Sakarian ship? Yeah. That is a question. So Bruce later identifies us on the opening clip. The ship is a Sakaran Class A courier craft, probably trying to deliver a message. This ship has a similar ring design to the Grandmaster ship called the Commodore from Thor Ragnarok, but is a very, very different paint job. The Commodore was a pleasure cruiser. This is a courier craft, meaning that in the world of Sakar, it's something like a UPS truck or a Federal Express truck, USPS truck, something like that. So what message is this courier craft sending to Bruce Banner? Well, when Bruce laughed, last left Sakaar, the Sakaarans had successfully staged a revolution to overthrow the Grand Master, who, who pathetically tried to join their ranks. Uh, there were reports of a deleted scene from Thor Love and Thunder that would have shown Gore the God Butcher meeting with and probably killing the Grand Master, but those were removed, meaning the Grand Master's fate in MCU canon remains unknown. The Grand Master could be summoning Hulk back to Sakaar to defend the title against a new warrior like Hercules, who we just met, or Beta Ray Bill, maybe Adam Warlock, who's coming up in Guardians Volume 3. Notice in Bruce's beach house, there is uh, a couple odds and ends that Jess is going to talk about in the Easter egg breakdown. Uh, but one of them is Hulk's Spartan-style gladiator helmet that he wore on Sakaar. And this is important to point out because it means that Hulk must have either gone back there at some point to retrieve it because he did not have it with him when they fled on the Commodore or that someone else brought it to him from Sakaar. And knowing Hulk's reputation during this time as a, as a gladiator on Sakaar, the message could be that he has a son. Scar, S-K-A-A-R. Scar is Hulk's son from the 2007 World War Hulk storyline and the 2009 Scar, son of Hulk storyline. Thor Ragnarok partially adapted the Planet Hulk, World War Hulk events for the Sakaar portions of that film. But in the comics, Hulk is actually sent off world by the Intelligentsia after he wrecks Las Vegas and ends up on Sakaar where he becomes this warrior hero. Uh, he hooks up with Kyra, the Old Strong. So Kyra produces this cocoon uh, that falls into a lake of fire and Scar emerges. Uh, Scar just kind of ages super fast. Like initially he's a kid, but like a year later, he's like close to a grown adult. He r runs into everybody. He like faces Silver Surfer and Galactus. Then he gets exiled to Earth. He fights among many people, Juggernaut, and then later Doom. He actually joins Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers to fight the new Avengers, but he was actually Steve Rogers' double agent. Uh, so this series may reveal that Hulk has a son on Sakaar, but I just think given the series structure and focus as a She-Hulk series, I don't think they're gonna, they would reveal that until maybe the end of the series, maybe as a post credit scene to the whole series. This could be something that it gets explored further in a World War Hulk movie or maybe in Kang Dynasty, something like that. Um, I just think it's interesting that Bruce recognizes this ship as a Sakaar and Class A courier craft because during his years on Sakaar, Bruce was a buried consciousness within Hulk. He had no memory of what was going on in the outside. 
Uh, so he didn't have much time on that planet in human form to learn about Sakaran spacecraft in the fleet. He fled for Asgard pretty quickly. This suggests to us that sometime during the blip, in addition to working the Gamma Lab to fuse his mind and body, perhaps sometime after Endgame while his arm was healing, and uh, you know we know he got to know Captain Marvel during this time, Bruce had some additional experience with extraterrestrial civilizations like the Sakarans, the Kree, the Skrulls, the Zandarians, maybe. And seeing the ship might not have surprised Bruce in that moment. Like, he could have said, oh, just slow to a halt. You don't need to steer off the road, Jen. I think he might suspect what this message is already about, and he's not disclosing it, Jen, for whatever reason. So I think Scar, as a son, is a very interesting possibility. I wonder, though, that this might shed light on whatever's going on in the cosmic fronts of the MCU right now. Maybe this intergalactic war between the Kree and the Skrulls that we'll see more of in the Marvels. Maybe whatever's going on with Adam Warlock and the High Evolutionary in Guardians Volume 3. Maybe a, a looming threat like Galactus. I want to know what you two think. I uh, really, we talked about it on the break room, and I talked about it briefly also on the breakdown, but I love the idea of Scar coming in. Again, I, like I agree with you, I think it's way too heavy to be adding that storyline so heavily into She-Hulk. When She-Hulk is about She-Hulk, we have so many other things coming on already. I do think and believe that he went to uh, Sakar again after Thor Ragnarok, because how did he get that helmet? There is a lot of stuff that is in the show where I was like, these could all be Sakarian things that he went back and got in Sakar because I don't believe he got it when he was mentally just Hulk. He had to have been smart Hulk at this time and been conscious of what he was doing. So I think he does go back. I just don't think it's a letter about his son being born yet, but maybe them they have been trying to reach him about his extended warranty. No, about uh, just coming back <laughs> to just do work to figure out civilization there because I love in Planet Hulk that he basically figures out like his his blood can grow grass. He is much needed there. He's very smart and this smart Hulk can maybe further them just like intellectually and technologically. So I think they just want him back all the time. And he's like, well, I live on Earth. So I think eventually, maybe in phase six, we'll get into the storyline of him falling in love and having a child. Maybe there's someone there right now that he's starting that with, but I don't think it's about his child yet. That's me. That is where I'm at. But no, I, I really do think that Scar, it's a little bit too early for Scar. And um, but like for me, like knowing how Thor Ragnarok went and how Bruce basically transformed from the Hulk into Bruce, um, like out of nowhere, the Grandmaster has no idea where the Hulk went. Like from his perspective, the Hulk just disappeared. He's like, where did he go? Like I lost Thor and I don't know where the Hulk went. So I think the Grandmaster's like, let me try to search for this uh, Gamma signature to see if I can find this weird big Gamma signature somewhere. And then he found the Hulk. Yeah, is there no way that this courier is just a subpoena to come back and like go to court <laughs> in Sakaar? Because that was what I pitched in the breakdown. I was like, this might just be him getting subpoenaed to come back to Sakaar. And that's why maybe in like the ninth or eighth episode, uh, Jennifer Walters can go to Sakaar because in the comics, she studies universal law and is like, being the face for a bunch of people in universally. So why doesn't she just go to Sakaar and fight for her brother or cousin on Sakaar when he's being subpoenaed for stealing and breaking a bunch of shit on his way out? <laughs> I think that's an that's a fascinating theory. Maybe the fact that it's Sakarin is just the fact like this is just the person who is uh delivering, you know, the the subpoena, you know. It's just a courier craft. It's not doesn't mean it's from Sakaar. It could be anybody in the cosmos who's trying to summon Bruce right now. And like, so what if it's like a matter of we know who's being judged right now in the MCU? Pretty much everybody, right? And we have Erishin the judge who's judging the Eternals on whether or not Earth is worth saving. Maybe he's being summoned as a witness on behalf of Earth in Cersei's oh, trial. And that's where yeah. you have Eros and Pip taking the other half of the Eternals to go like 
uh, to, to lobby on behalf of, of, of Earth, of all of Earth in front of Ereshim, the judge or whoever else, maybe the higher, maybe it's the living tribunal, right? We know the living tribunal exists in the MCU uh, in some physical form based off of those statues in the chamber in, in Thor, Love and Thunder. So maybe there's like some massive trial that's happening in the MCU and, and basically uh, Hulk has a jury summons or a witness I love that. jury summons. <laughs> I love that. I, love I would that. be. I really dig that. I really dig that a lot. Well, technically, I mean, right if, now, is he the only of? Is he the only Avenger right now? If this takes place after, like, right after Shang Chi, where is uh, Doctor Strange? Uh, he's still around. Uh, he's still around or he's so. got a third he's eye. He's hanging dimension. out with Clea. In the, well, in the I feel dimension. like once he goes into the dark dimension, he's they're like, okay, we can't reach him. <laughs> so yeah. is, is Bruce Banner the only one on Earth right now? I guess Hawkeye is still there. Uh, well, you have yeah, you have Captain America. Sam Wilson's hanging out. Hawkeye's around. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's old true. Man Cap is on the moon. We think we don't really know. <laughs> White Vision is somewhere. Yeah. No, they're, they, they're like, don't even worry about that guy. Don't worry about that guy. That guy's wild. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. No one knows who Peter Parker is, I guess. So that's true. Yeah. Just, right. I think that spell applies to everyone off world, too, whoever might mm-hmm. have known, including like the Guardians and other Sakarans and stuff. And uh, would that be, right. yeah, with that being question, I was more so like, that would make sense that Bruce would be the, the point of, the point of contact to yeah. be you know, what's interesting is like the uh, Sakarans being the ones who serve the paperwork. Sakarans have been called paper people in the MCU, right? So they might be the ones mm. who are the couriers in this Look case. Here. I'm reading into it, I think. But that's Look just, here. Ooh, Look here. Maybe. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like this is because um, we, we know that the Grandmaster is one of the elders of the universe. And we know that each elder of the universe is obsessed beyond anything with their particular hobby. So like much like we saw the Collector being so obsessed with collecting people, I think this is probably just the Grandmaster just being like, hey, you left, and you gotta fight for me. No one leaves, ever. I'm gonna get Thor, too. Don't worry about it. Um, him and his new daughter, they're gonna fight for me. Um, like, So I think that like they're just forever hunted by the Grandmaster for the rest of time. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a. I, I think it is going to be tied in either with some kind of legal trouble or or something that's happening in Sakaar. Um, just because like uh, putting a Hulk in something is a lot of VFX budget, and I don't think that we'll we'll just see him pop up in Guardians <laughs> Volume Three or the Marvels. They're going to want to spend that money True. on things. All right. Well, we have so many more questions coming out of this episode. But first, we want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring us. Sleep is important to us here at New Rockstars. We trust Helix to protect our sleep with the best mattresses in the world. I have a Helix mattress, as does MT. Recently, producer Zach and producer John also got Helix mattresses. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. Producer Zach took the Helix quiz and was matched with a Midnight Lux mattress because he's a side sleeper that needed a softer mattress and now he doesn't wake up with a sore shoulder or neck like he did with the other mattresses that he's had. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2021 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash inside marvel, take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk free. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask both of you, why do you think Jen does not have an alter ego when she is in Hulk form, other than the fact that's just how it is in the comics? Could there be some in-universe reason in the in the movies and films and TV shows? Well, okay, so 
Scar does, Scar is also conscious. Scar is like himself, but Scar is also himself. He has no, he doesn't change between being a human and whatever he is, just the offspring of Hulk. And then we have uh, Abomination, who is still conscious of himself when he's Abomination, right? Yeah. Or at least we're, especially we're seeing that in yeah. the trailers and stuff of here. It's like he's changing. She's like, change back down. And he's like, okay. So we get those. I do think that this was just maybe honestly affects just Bruce Banner because I feel like every time Bruce Banner's blood gets to someone else or someone or his offspring gets it, they are still conscious of who they are. Maybe this situation only affects Bruce Banner, which could make sense because Bruce was also self-diagnosing, self-doing everything himself, whereas everyone else has been affected like by him. Um, if that makes sense. So but I, which it sucks. I know is not the mathematical answer. It's just genuinely every other version of Hulk has the consciousness still themselves or most of them do that. I think that, no, I think you're right on the money there. I think that like his blood, or I think the manner of which you become irradiated with, with gamma is very much a factor here. Um, in particular, because like in the incredible Hulk film with Edward Norton, um, when it first starts off, we they, that's when they show the, his origin, like with flashes, and we see that like he gets a direct shot of gamma directly into his forehead, and like it's a crazy amount of gamma that only his blood could um, absorb because of a special primer that um, Betty Ross made that he that she injected into his bloodstream. So I think that it's the manner through which the gamma is introduced to your body because he got a shit ton of gamma, and I think that the Hulk personality could have been within that gamma radiation and went directly into his brain. That's when that personality was introduced. And then when um, Jen gets his blood, um, she just gets a little a little bit of the concent- uh, gamma concentration, enough for her to change but not have a whole different personality. That's just mm-hmm. a weird hunch mm-hmm. that I have. The um, banner I banner. That makes sense. The brain one is really affecting me because it's also like, so what happens to the leader? Does the leader, when he finally change, like... <laughs> have no conscious is just like freaking insane because he just had the cut in his head no i think i don't know like in the in the comics with the leader like he sort of like abandons his old self completely he's like he doesn't go by samuel stern he's like i'm the leader because i'm the smartest dude so that's i don't know true. if that's a new personality taking over if that's him i don't know that's just me rambling that's, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a different man different guy different character he doesn't see himself anymore new man new man you guys are right that like it's not that uh, Jen is the unique one here. I think Bruce is the unique one here. Uh, that seems to make more sense to me that he's the odd one out. He is the, really the outlier, uh, and that like there's the more normal way to go about this is to be a Hulk that can like retain your identity and not have this separate uh, personality. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to dig into like any kind of diagnoses uh, yeah. as if we're back right. in the Moon Knight era. I but. was gonna. <laughs> Yes, yes. But I was going to agree with you with that would make it also adds to like Incredible Hulk and this Hulk uh, that are doing yoga and uh, engaging in uh, dialectical behavioral therapy because it's like dealing with yourself and personality disorder. And that's why it works for those people. But it probably wouldn't work, which it shows that much on Jen, because Jen's like, I'm I'm still myself. I'm conscious of who I am. I'm not fighting someone inside myself. So not to get too deep in the medical diagnosis, but I'm just saying those are two other features that would make sense why it works only on Bruce Banner and not on Jennifer Walters or anyone else. I, I think that there's also an interpretation here that maybe Jen's alter ego is us. It's the people on the other side of the fourth wall. So when she's talking Ooh. to us, we are the other identity that she Ooh. that she's sharing her consciousness with. That's, I like in it. a way, she's fun. kind of wrestling I with us. I really love that. That is such a fun idea. I hope that's the case, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know if they'll ever give us like an in-universe answer as to why she's able to break the fourth wall, but I think that's so interesting that only she and Deadpool and to a certain extent Wanda Maximoff could do that because Wanda Maximoff within the Westview Hex was able to that's do true. it, but that was all like part of uh, Agatha's spell, but also Multiverse right. of Madness. When she took over the 838 body, she looked directly into the camera and I think that was meant to be a little moment where she's breaking the reality. Right? I, I really hope they make it an actual situation rather than like, Oh, it's, this is just fits the theme for television tropes and stuff. <laughs> I would love it to be a reason, like she's a mutant or something weird. I mean, I'll t- I'll, I'll accept it if it's just a Fleabag thing. Uh, but I mean, my favorite moment of Fleabag is when Andrew Scott looks at the camera too. And yeah, screams, he's like, and yeah, he notices the hell it. Out. Yeah. I talk about it in my breakdown. I'm like, he knows yeah. the priest noticed. I I pitched in the breakdown. I was like, hopefully that we like another loved one of hers, or maybe the true one that she loves, maybe it be Pug or whoever that noticed the camera too. That shows that that's the true love. That's the that's the love. That's the flea bag way. That's flea bag okay, way. sorry. I I honestly hope they reveal that she's talking to the watcher, or she's like she yeah. can sense the watcher. What if the That'd watcher so is fun. like? <laughs> the watcher's like, go girl. <laughs> You watcher just, just eating popcorn like this is the, wa- <laughs> the watcher loves this show. The watcher absolutely loves right. this show. All right, let's talk about this cousin Ched. Did I hear him right? Ooh. Cousin Chad. Cousin yeah, it's Ched. Ched. It's Ched. Ched? It's okay. Ched. Who is this person? <laughs> I think. I think uh, because I also theorized this on my breakdown. I think cousin Ched is supposed to be related to the the okay so in the comics her family she has on the dad's side she has an aunt named cassandra pike who is literally an evil person she's a uh, she's a biologist and got a nobel uh, prize for it but she also has a son that she turns into a giant monster to kill jennifer walters and her dad so i think ched is that person who he's like yeah ched's also the genius in the family because he's related to the genius of the family that is a biologist and he might be smart by proxy i'm uh, their entire family smart what am i talking about everybody in their family is very smart they're all very intelligent people so i think he is a smart person related to cassandra pike in the comics I like that. I like. That I love. Theory. I love that connection. I, I really hope that there's something there with that. Um, with that comic book connection, because I would love to see a monster Ched uh, just <laughs> fighting She-Hulk. Well, Why not? Jessica Gao. They did say. I know this because we do the break room and we break down news all the time. They did say in an interview how this is going to be like we're getting really into their family, uh, and mm-hmm. then we're going to get more Hulk than ever was before. They said like we're going to get more Hulk. I don't know about that. Uh, but we are going to get more family. And I, because one of the courtroom illustrations is our entire family at a dinner and the credits, I was like, oh, this is an entire photo of her family. We're definitely going to get into their like dynamic. So maybe we will get a monster shed. <laughs> soon. Do you think that like, because like we know that the multiverse is the thing and like the, the, the first incredible Hulk film with Eric Bana, like, and he, his dad was the absorbing man. Do you think that in the MCU, that could be the case here? I would love that. That'd be kind I would of crazy. love that. I would love that. Also, follow up. We're not Eric Bana's 2003 Incredible Hulk doesn't connect like Edward Norton's, right? In the MCU, they don't acknowledge it. No, no, they're no. They seem very okay. separate. Just making vaguely <laughs> just the fact that like doesn't the Eric Bana Hulk film end with him in Mexico or South America or something like that, and then so that's kind of where. Ed Norton yeah. Hulk begins in Brazil. It's sort of oh, that's so loose. Connected, it's so loose. Not. Yeah. God, that movie yeah. ages ago. But they could take pieces like that out of it and put it in here. Because that was that's yeah. fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh you want to know some uh the how time is freaking crazy? The difference in the amount of time between the Eric Banna Ang Lee Hulk 
in the 2008 Hulk is less than the amount of time between uh, Doctor Strange movies in the MCU. Between it's Doctor Strange time. and Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. There were six years between those movies. And then uh, there was only five years between two uh, non-canonical Hulk movies. That is bananas. The thing is, <laughs> that's I think the, ban- the bananas part is the Doctor Strange one for me. I'm like, that was too yeah. long. <laughs> no, he's 100% right. Because Doctor Strange 1 came out in like, what, 2015, 16? 2016. So like, yeah. But the, the difference is, in between those, we got Doctor Strange showing yeah, up we in got, three different movies. Right. He was in Infinity War, Endgame, and, and No Way Home. So it's like, we got our daily do- dose of the Doctor. Um, but uh, I just find that interesting. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, if you go back between, like, uh, you know, even Tobey Maguire's last Spider-Man movie yeah. and the first uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie or the last Andrew Garfield movie and the first appearance of that Tom was a Holland long time. in the MCU. That was a lot of time. Yeah, not that much time compared to, like, uh, gaps of time between us seeing characters cool. in the MCU. Sure. I think that's just how entertainment just changed. Because I remember back in the early 2000s, we were quick to change things up. We were like, oh, yes. nope, we're going to do a new one, and we're going to change the person. Like, we were quick to do it. Now it's a lot uh-huh. harder. It takes more time than yes. <laughs> what we did with Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, all the characters in the MCU, the amount of like uh, continuity and consistency between these movies is really an anomaly when yes. you look at like the vast majority of superhero fiction over the past 50 and 60 years. 100%. Like people would be recast all the time. Like yes. that's kind of the name of the game. All the time. Yeah, that's um, why Chris Evans is like three different characters. That's right. We were okay with it. <laughs> we didn't care. All right, I want to end with this question. Uh, that the question, the question that this whole episode asks: Caps virginity. Who do you lose his virginity to? I'm honestly leaning towards a fangirl who? played by Laura Haddock, who plays yes, Peter Quill's yes, mother. Yes, yes, baby. Just because they had yes. that moment in the yes. first Cap film where, yes, yes. like they they look at each other. I don't yes. think it's one of those USO dancers. I think it's her. I think you know. I think I don't think Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers would not have wanted to hooked up with one of the USO dancers. He's too polite. He didn't yes. want to start any drama yes. with the other USO dancers who he did hook up with. So this is a girl who comes in. You know, she he knows he's going to be leaving the city the next day. This is. Uh, I think it's got to be her. Thank you. Thank it you. Me and Brandon amazing. are fighting in the office about it because he thinks it's uh, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Marjorie. Oh, Natalie Dormier? Private Natalie, Lorraine? Yeah. He, yes, but oh. I don't think... First off, it was the USO no. tour. And also, yeah. uh, Peggy was he there. He didn't meet Peggy her was, until London, until the SSR yes. office in London, which was after the tour. Yes. And then someone also uh, mentions that it might be... Because I went back to watch it just to be like, oh, who could it be, right? And someone was like, oh, it might have been the USO dancer that was peeking through the curtain. That's what and I, I um, looked at her to the... She gave me some major yes, f***ing she eyes did. when she was she looking did. at the <laughs> <Not> <laughs> She's as like, much as mm, is there's pants not as much, no. not as much as Meredith Quill. Not as much as Meredith Quill did. It's true. She straight up stopped... That was like literally Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley line like... Can I get your autograph? Like star studded, I'm gonna have sex with you tonight. And so that's why I was like, 100. Uh-huh. It's this woman who is not actually Meredith Quill. And like in uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, we know that the dude from the Howling Commandos they recast him as his principal, and like they has a that's direct right. familiar connection. So like uh-huh. in the MCU, you could use the same faces for ancestors, I guess. So that's right. It's possible. It's Look, possible think- that <laughs> Steve Rogers could be her. the great grandpappy. <laughs> I hate it, I and I refuse Quill. to believe the it. I re- but I love it, but it, thank you, Voss, for making me feel less crazy, because everyone here in the office was like, Jessica, you're wrong. It's not her. And I was like, it's, it's I mean, her. she's got to be, I mean, uh, Kevin Feige said in an interview, or not, he didn't say it, but uh, I believe Jessica Gao uh, cited Kevin Feige in an interview saying 
according to Feige, there is a canonical answer to this question. Like Feige knows an answer. And if you gotta imagine if you're Kevin Feige looking back at that first cap film, is he just gonna pick some random dancer? No, no he's gonna pick this this no. wonderful little moment with this actor who later came back in the MCU a also, few times. Like not to be a horrible person, but like, and this isn't horrible what I'm about to say. If it was a USO dancer, don't you think they would have maybe started a relationship off that because they were dancing all across the country every time together? You don't think they would have continually hooked up? No, he I said, mean, maybe they like, were fucking all across the country together Ooh. too, and they just didn't go into it. In the first and they just, like, oh. well, you're you're going against our theory, boss. You're going There's against There's a whole separate montage of like in Philadelphia, Cleveland, in New York, <laughs> just just <laughs> smashed beds in hotel rooms across the USA. <laughs> Buy your government bonds to help pay for the damage I did to the hotel room last night. The money's to fight the Nazis and protect the Hilton suites. <laughs> and protect the Hilton. But like I think like because like you know, like Vaughn said, like there is a canonical answer to this, I think that they might be setting up a cap like son, grandson, or something, like a cap family. For future MCU um, installments, I think that's a, a little bit we of, got, of a possibility here. We got to get something like that, or even like uh, the actual History Channel documentary <laughs> of mm-hmm. Captain America <laughs> that she references. I need one of those two to come through. I will have gone into this in my socials, so everyone, please follow me at EA Voss, and I have a whole <laughs> other breakdown of that there. Um, and uh, be nice. sure to follow Jessica at Lulu underscore Clements. Follow MT at Mastertainment. That's it for this episode of Inside Marvel. So again, Jess is going to be handling the Easter egg breakdown this episode. Keep your eyes peeled for that. That's coming later today. We're, but we're going to have lots of uh, She-Hulk related content on the channel coming this weekend. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in other stuff that new rock stars might cover, uh, I'm going to be doing breakdowns of House of the Dragon on HBO. That's right. I'm going back to my roots covering Game of Thrones content. That's going to be exciting. But be sure to subscribe to Inside Marvel where we get your podcast subscribe to new rock stars here on youtube we thank you all for watching and we'll see you next week bye-bye everybody thank you guys bye, bye. bye.